Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. So welcome to 12 Stone Online. We're so glad that you're with us this weekend, and we think you're going to be really glad you made this a part of your weekend. You see, it's a really special Sunday, special week for us because we are celebrating high school graduates. So congrats to you. We're going to have some fun throughout. We can celebrate that. Got the band hanging out behind me. We're going to have a conversation today specifically geared to you, but the whole church, you're going to listen in, and we think God is going to use this teaching to help encourage you and inspire you to live the life God's called you to. But seniors, listen, I remember my senior year. I remember all the fun of prom and sports and graduating and all the things you look forward to. This this is not what you planned. No one wrote this up that you'd be school from home to end your senior year. And we hate that for you guys, but we're so proud of you. Your church family's proud of you. In fact, we reached out and asked, we wanted to kind of actually hear from you guys, the senior class, and we wanted your voice inside of this teaching today. So here is some of our 12 stone church graduating seniors. Check it out. So um, the last day of school on campus was just a normal day. It was it was just me going through the motions like I usually do. If I would have known it was the last day of school, I think I would have treated it a lot differently. So I would say that the last day of school was kind of just mundane because we didn't know it was the last day of school. We didn't get to have the feeling of just handing in our last test to our teacher or walking out the doors of our high school for the very last time. And on top of that, we worked so many years for the last few months to be celebrated and we didn't really get to experience that. The one I'm most sad about is missing senior prom just because I've been looking forward to it for so long and I already had my dress. Since I was elected student of the year for my school at Grayson High School and I got that award, but I wasn't able to receive it at the banquet that they had set aside for us. Things that like prom and you know, a graduation in May. I remember though, on Friday when I finished my class, I finished my last final, I closed my computer and that was it. There was no, I wasn't, I wasn't around anyone and I was just like, oh, I really would like to be excited and accomplished right now, but I didn't have that feeling, honestly. I was just like, oh, that's it. Like I'm done with school. But at the same time with that being said, it, uh, people have been really supportive. Throughout this time, I've realized like I do need to build my own faith. It's been a really hard time, but I actually feel closer to him now than I ever have before. Everyone is quarantined. Everyone is experiencing what it's like to not be around the people that they're normally around all the time and what that's done. So I feel like we let them know that we love them. We let them know that we appreciate them. And I pray that people just stay grateful for that. I've just seen a change in myself and I've seen growth in my own faith. So I'm really excited to move on to college, and even though we didn't get to finish out this year very well, I know that God has so much in store for all of the seniors who are moving on. I am moving to Florida in August for college. I'm going to Stanford in Birmingham, Alabama, um, starting in the fall, and I'm, you know, in the beginning, I actually just changed my major to um, biblical studies. I'm really excited to plug into a student ministry in Athens. Go dogs! Um, I'm going to Columbus State University, and I'm just really excited 
excited to see where God leads me. I'm going to be majoring in elementary education, and I know that God has perfect plans, you know, just for just for me. So I'm really excited, and I can't wait. I know things will look a little different than what we're used to, but I know it will all be for the best. Being unsure, you know, uh, he's he's provided in in ways that I don't know. I just can't really explain. So, class of 2020, we celebrate you guys, don't we? We celebrate all that you've done. You worked a long time to get to this point. And this is not how you saw it. This is not how you drew it up. I get it. But listen, it doesn't take anything away from the accomplishments you've done. And it doesn't take anything away from what God has in store for your life. This too shall pass. The best truly is yet to come. And even in watching that video, I believe, I believe that the kingdom of God is going to be in good hands in the next generation. We, we trust you with it. And God is not done. In fact, we think we're going to see some of y'all come back into the residency in a couple years. We believe that God's going to call some of you into some incredible things. And today we celebrate and honor you the best that we know how digitally. And today we get a chance to have a conversation together. And we're going to be jumping into this series of sermons on the book of James. We're still in James chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 13 to 15. So go ahead and get your Bibles ready, uh, whether they're on your phone or whether they're on your actual book of the Bible. I'm going to trust that y'all, he's promising me he's taking notes on his phone. He's not, he's not on Instagram or something. So grab your stuff. We're going to get ready to jump in to James chapter 1, verses 13 to 15 together. And today we talk about sin and temptation. And listen, High school graduates, this conversation is one that, that we have to have together. You're, you're stepping into a season of life in which you get to draw your own lines for the first time in your life. And that's incredibly awesome and exciting, but it should have a pause inside of our soul. Because listen, you've been under the care of your parents for 18 years now, and you're about to step out and you get to draw your lines. And this conversation today is a conversation I've had Dozens of times, one-on-one -on -one across a, a, a coffee table with a dude who's struggling with these things. And we get to have this conversation collectively as a church. In fact, that's why the band's up here hanging out. We get to have a conversation. This isn't just a talking head today. We get a chance to have a conversation about sin and temptation. And I want to give you a quote that sort of starts the whole day out. This is an overarching thought from Ravi Zacharias, which, by the way, this is perfect timing to quote this giant of our faith if you know Ravi, you guys know Ravi. He, he formed things in my faith over the years that, that from a distance, he was sort of like a spiritual father for thousands, maybe millions of Christians. And he's now about to go meet Jesus anytime. And I believe when he steps in, it's, it's going to be a, a big, uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. So Ravi, thank you. We love you, man. Thank you for all that you've done for the kingdom. So here's, here's Ravi's wisdom for us today. This, is, this should haunt you and warn you all at the same time. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Listen, farther, longer, and more than you want to pay. Sin will destroy your life. See, when we talk about sin and temptation. This is not a benign conversation. This isn't like, let's just talk and let's be casual. No, listen. The Spirit of God wants to awaken something in us to remind us, listen, this is a huge deal. 
And the way we treat sin, the way we deal with temptation is make or break for us. And, and Ravi Zacharias is now an older man. But here's, this shook me thinking about this. Ravi Zacharias still struggled with temptation. Like think, of, do you remember like when you talk to an older person in the faith and you're like, for sure, they're 70. They got this figured out. And then they're like, oh no, I still get tempted. I'm going, what? That's not fair. I thought at some point, like PK gets tempted. Ravi Zacharias gets tempted. Billy Graham gets tempted. Jesus was tempted. So we never escape. You don't outgrow temptation, but, but God wants to invite us into a conversation to help us understand how do we walk in the midst of temptation everywhere you look, every screen you turn on, every room you walk into, every restaurant you pass, there's temptation everywhere. And so here's what I love about, about scripture, God's word. God doesn't just tell us stop sinning and be good. Like he could, he could say, just stop. I died for you. Get over it. But instead he gives us a roadmap. He's like, listen, here's the playbook of how temptation works. Here's a playbook of how you end up falling into sin. And so we're going to read James chapter one. And this, this passage is going to open our eyes to the playbook. And then we're going to break it down verse by verse. Let's throw that up there, guys. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to, to death. That's James 1, 13 to 15. So I love that, that God saw fit that this would sit inside of, of his word because he didn't just leave us here. Don't sin. Get, get, be good. No. He, he's giving us insight into the playbook. He's saying, I, I so want you to be able to walk this life right that I want to give you a roadmap of how to get there. So we're going to break down each verse individually, and you're going to watch how this layers on itself. So let's go back to the very first verse, James 1, verses 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. This sounds like elementary, but you need to catch this. God does not tempt you. God God does not tempt you. That's, that's not in his character. That's not in his nature. That's not who he is. God doesn't tempt you. You need to know that because when you're tempted, if you think it's God, you'll run from him instead of to him when you need him the most. In fact, in, in, in 1 Corinthians, it's the exact opposite. Not only does God not tempt us, here's what he does. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. In fact, when temptation comes, God's actually in there with you going, I, I'm going to give you an escape path. I'm not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can endure. That's the character of God. And that first verse sort of serves as a, as a foundation that, listen, God, God is not our tempter, right? And if we get that, if we live out of that, we're going to run from him instead of to him. So if God's not the tempter, how, how do we lean into this? How does it actually play out? So here's the next verse, James 1.14. We're going to start to see how it works. But each person, so God didn't tempt us. He's not our tempter. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. I want to unpack that for a second. We're each tempted when we're dragged away by our own evil desire and enticed. The word enticed is actually a Greek word that means to, uh, to put a hook on bait. And that's what this is. It's like a fishing term. And here's what it's saying. All of us are dragged away by our own evil desires. 
and then we're enticed. Anyone, anyone fish? I'm curious. Anyone fish up here? Yeah, you're Louisiana boy, Lee. You know how to fish. Jared, you feel like you probably, you, you look like a hunter more than a fisher. Anyway, fisher, fisherman. Anyway, so here's what it is. It's talking about to, to put a hook on a bait. That's the word entice. And here's what the evil one does. He wants to entice us. And if, if you've ever fished, here's how it plays out. The desire of a fish is to eat, right? It's hungry. That's what it wants. And so when he's just down there hanging out, minding his own business, and we plop a little bait in front of the fish, what are we doing? We're playing, at, we're playing to their desire to eat. But what happens when you fish is they bite this, they want the food, they don't see the hook. See, that's what Satan's doing. He's, he's enticing us. And if you really get into fishing, every fish doesn't like worms. You've got different lures for, for different fish and different types of fish. And there's deep sea fishing. And then there's, there's fish, fishing in a, in a river and fly fishing. There's all kinds of different ways. And here's what Satan does. Satan looks to cater the temptation to your appetite, to your desire. He's good like that. Satan's real good like that. And he wants, to, he wants to cater the temptation to your desire. You see, outside temptations have no power unless they connect to the inside desires that we all have. And Satan knows your desires. He knows where to tempt you. In fact, I want to illustrate this. If I was to tempt you to overeat with a specific food... What food would tempt you the most? What would be the easiest bait to throw in front of your face that you just want to jump on? In fact, the guys are bringing out a table full of like all the good, the goodest, the best foods you can think of. And I, I want you to think about this as the band starts to salivate as this table rolls out. This is good days right here. See, if I was to tempt you with food, if I, what's your particular appetite? See, that's what Satan does to us. Oh, praise Jesus. The band is now... Salivating? Any, <laughs> praise Jesus. <laughs> Travis, you're enjoying this, aren't you? All right, so here's the deal. I'm going to break this down into categories. I'm just curious. Let us know in the chat which, ones, which of these groups would you sort of lean towards. So here's the first one. This is the chocolate group. Um, yes, praise God for all of this. From M&Ms to chocolate bars to brownies to cake to chocolate bar. Travis is in? This is my wife. If you put chocolate... She, she could take you out for some chocolate. I'm fairly certain. All right, that's the, that's the first group. You would fight. All right, first group. Second group is the baked goods. These, uh, yes, those two also. All right, you got Krispy Kremes. You got cupcakes. All the baked goods sort of world. That's good. All right, third group. Praise Jesus. This is the meats. In the name of Jesus, you got some ribs, bacon. You got some chicken tenders over here. That's good days. Uh, now we got the snacks. You got chips, nuts, little candies, that kind of thing. You've said yes to all. Okay. And then lastly, for those of you who are a bit healthier, maybe more wise, we've got the veggies. You got a sweet looking salad. Easy from the peanut gallery. A sweet looking salad here. Some nice dressing on that. Some veggies. I'm just curious. Let us know in the chat. Where are you at? How many of you all are the chocolate people? Just curious. Chocolate people. All right. How many of you all are the baked goods? This is where I could really tempt you. That's not me. All right. Meat. Two, two hands. All right. We got people getting saved over here. How many of you are the snackers? Chips? Literally, Travis, every hand. Anyone in the vegetable camp? Like, man, I could do some vegetables. That's, that's good. If it has ranch, that's a good call. Let us know in the chat which of these entice you. Because listen, listen. This is what Satan does. 
He entices you. He, he tempts you. And his temptation is always connected to an appetite you have already. See, Satan doesn't tempt me with this. Satan doesn't drop a salad in front of me and I get tempted. Now he throws a steak in front of me. He throws some, some cupcakes in front of me. I can be tempted. But he doesn't tempt me with the things I don't already have desires for. Listen, if you've, got, if you've got a little daydream in your head about that, that good-looking chick at your office or that guy at your office, don't think that Satan's not going to start tempting you and enticing you there. If you, if you fantasize and daydream about one day being filthy rich and that's what you want, don't pretend that Satan's not going to hit you right there. If you, if you sit around and you have this judgmental spirit and you think you're better than other people, don't think that Satan's not going to feed your pride. That's what he does. Listen, if you've got a, an addictive personality, don't you think he's going to just, just have a quick drink? That's, he attacks where there's already desire. See, if you want fame, don't you think Satan's going to tempt you to sell out any morals or friendships to get it? Listen, hashtag getting clout on TikTok. Listen, high school seniors, Satan's going to tempt you in the areas you already have an appetite. But he is so sneaky with this. He is so sneaky but here's the good news. The devil can't make you take the bite. Thank you, Jesus. He can't, he can't make you put this in your mouth. But here's what he can do. He can dangle it in front of you. Everywhere you look, he dangles it. He dangles it. He can make it look real good. But he cannot make you bite it. You decide. You get to decide, am I going to take the bait or not? But here's what Satan loves to do. He loves to show you the bait and hide the hook. If I just showed you this and you're a fish, you go nuts on this thing. But Satan, he hides the hook. He hides the consequences of sin. He wants you to see all upside, all entertainment, no downside. That's what he does. So if you know what food you'd pick from that table, do you know where you're vulnerable? Do you know the desires that are already in you that, that Satan's going to connect temptation to? Because what you would pick is where you're going to be tempted. That's what he wants to do. But he hides the hook. He hides the consequences. So what are the consequences? If you take the bait, what are the consequences? Here's what James says in the very next verse. He said, then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Listen, when you sin, it's not just something you do. It's a birth. You gave birth to something in your life. Scripture is telling us, listen, your, des your evil desires give birth to sin. See, when you have a little white lie, it's not just a white lie. You gave birth to something. You now have lies sewn into the, the fabric of your life. When you cheat, you didn't just cheat. That wasn't a little simple thing. You just cheat on your... No, no, that is now a birth in your life. And now you're carrying around a little baby-sized sin. And Scripture is warning you because it's like this. When I have a baby, I can control it. Now, I might cry, I might poop, I get it, but I can kind of control it. People don't, people don't necessarily have to see it. I can keep it hidden away. But if I keep feeding it, Scripture says it grows. And then it's, then it's sort of next to me, and that sin that I used to be able to keep tucked away now is next to me, and it, I have to address it. And if I keep feeding it, it'll get full grown, and there'll be a moment where it's bigger than I am. And that's how sin leads to death. Eventually, it grows up. If you feed sin, it eventually continues to grow up. And that's what Scripture's warning is of here. In fact, let me, let me paint the picture this way. 
I remember when my wife Amber and I had our first kid, Luke. And when he was about two weeks old, he was born October 14th, so Halloween was two, three weeks from then. Here's the costume we put Luke in for Halloween. He dressed up as a hot dog. <laughs> no, he didn't dress up as a hot dog. We dressed him up as a hot dog. That's what you can do with babies, right? All those and lots. What's the picture that does, puts the babies in things? And so, Getty? Oh, and Getty. Thank you. I needed a lady. And Getty. She puts like babies in lettuce and stuff. You can do this to babies because babies can't really fight back. Like I could take a baby. I wouldn't, but I, I could, that didn't come out right. I didn't, I meant that, but go with me. So he, he couldn't stop me from putting him into a hot dog costume, but here's the problem. Babies grow up, right? So I kept feeding that baby and 12 I didn't, my wife did, but we both did. My, 12 and a half year, years later, my, my son grew up. In fact, Luke, come on up here. Give it up for my boy. <clears throat> what up, dude? All right, this, put that, put that hot dog back up there. Luke, that was you, 12 and a half. Do you remember that? You don't remember that. You were three weeks old. You remember the pictures. Could I get you in that hot dog suit right now? You'd fight me, wouldn't you? Why? Because you grew up. You're now 12 and a half years old, and, and he's no longer a baby. He's grown up. I can, I can still push him a little bit, but he can push back now. Isn't that what happens when sin starts growing? Like at first, I can keep it contained, and then sin starts to sort of push back on me. I can't control him like I used to as a baby. In fact, let's do this. I want to test this. Travis, you grab that table for me. Son, this is a, this is a, a moment where our pride is tested. We're going to arm wrestle. How do you feel about this? Feel like you can do it? You got it. You got this. All right. Hold on. Hold on. You be fair. I'll be super no, fair. No low blows. Tank him. All right. Ready? Any mark? Get set. Go. You're stronger than I remember, dude. Got him though. That was a good fight. He's a terrible dad. I'm a. I'm a. I have to make the point. So here's. You're. You're very strong. Here's the deal. He's now 12 and a half, and he can fight back some. And if I keep feeding him, eventually he's going to get to full grown. And he's going to be able to beat me up someday. You think you will? Maybe. Maybe. Someday he's going to get big. In fact, Travis, I want to, I want to illustrate this. Get up here. You want me to take him? Uh, no. <laughs> We're not just not beat up Luke. I want oh, okay. to arm wrestle you. Oh, so Luke, get back here right. for us, and you're going to officiate. All so right. at some point when you sin, you keep feeding sin. Really? Yeah. Okay. You're going, to, you're going to want that. Okay. Now our hands are going to be slippery and weird. Uh, hold on. Let them dry off. We're drying off. So eventually sin grows up and gets to be fully grown. You ready? And this is, this is what happens. Okay. You chose me. I'm I the, chose you. I'm fully grown sin. <laughs> sure. Or no I'm comment. fully grown temptation. That, That's right. No, no comment. That's All right. right. Get your hand in All here. Right. No cheating. You, you Luke, officiate. you're going to count us down. No Three, helping. two, one. Three, two, one. Oh, goodness. Travis. <laughs> How long do you want this to last? I bend it. It hurts. <laughs> My elbow hurts sin so bad. Sin wins. Sin wins. <laughs> and so let's <laughs> pray. No, that's not the deal. All right, that's fine, not the I'll deal. To the victor, go the bacon. Yeah. So Luke, thank you. Give me five. Get up for Luke. So here's the picture. I want you to catch this. At some point, if you keep feeding sin, and sin is being fed with Travis right now, you'll wake up one day, and there's a moment where you always could take it. I can take it down. I can control it. I can own it. And then you'll wake up one day, and all of a sudden, wh what? Wait a second. I used to be able to say no more to that drink. I used to be able to shut it off with my lust. I used to be able to tell the truth when it's hard. And now 
I fed this little white lie that turned into this, that turned into this, and now I woke up, and, and now I'm just a liar. Lust used to be a little piece of entertainment on the side, and now it grew into something I need, and then now it's bigger than me, and I can't control it. See, God is, is warning us not because, not because he just wants us to follow the rules and get in line, because he knows if you keep feeding sin, you're going to wake up and be owned by it. High school seniors, listen to me. You're early enough to hear this. The permissions you give yourself in the early years can turn into the prisons you live in in your later years. The things you indulge in in college are going to own you in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Adults, listen, sin tends to cycle. The things you struggle with in college, now you're 40, 50 going, how am I struggling with this again? Because you gave birth. There's a little, little sin baby-sized sin just floating around your world. And if you feed that, it's going to grow. And you're going to wake up one day and realize it can control you. Sin wants to make you its slave. Because God loves us, because God cares for us, he wants to wake us up to this and say, listen, don't keep feeding sin because it will grow. See, we've all had people that we know, we love, we looked up to spiritually fall. Whether in our own worlds, a mentor of ours, someone on the national stage, the global stage, someone you go, that, that person could never fall. And then they do. And you go, how did that happen? Listen, I don't care how much of a giant in the faith you are. If you keep feeding sin, eventually sin will get bigger than you and control you. <laughs> See, but what do we do with that? That sounds like bad news. Like if I ended here, it's like, well, this stinks. That's the option. No, but, but God has a way out. God has, uh, he invites us into a way out. We actually find it a couple chapters over in James. James answers the question in James 4. Here's what he says. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. So what is, what is the solution? What is the, the anecdote to temptation and sin? It's simple. If you're taking notes, write this down. Resist and reshape. I'm going to unpack that, but resist and reshape. That passage says, resist the devil. Resist him. You're in a fight for your life. <laughs> when God says sin will take you out, you're in a fight for your life, so you better get in the fight. You have to resist him. In fact, Travis, get that table back out. I want to show you what it looks like. Grab that table. What does it look like to resist sin? And Travis, again, my apologies for you having to embody sin today. <laughs> I got one good match in me. I'm... All, right, All right, don't hurt your arm. Here's what it looks like. Let's take it slow. Okay. I'm now in the battle. Okay. All right, one, two, yeah. three. This is resisting. <laughs> yeah. And then I realize I'm not alone in this. Oh, okay. And I realize the reality is this, that the spirit God put in me is not one of timidity, but one of power. And Christ in me is my hope of glory. And I start speaking truth to temptation, saying, listen, no temptation is, has befell me that, that is bigger than what God can give me an escape from. That I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. You speak truth in the midst of temptation, and you fight. And fighting, this, is, this shaking is not pretend. I'm actually shaking. This is what it feels like to fight temptation. Is some of you just given up the fight, and you let it slam. you got to stay in the fight. You're fighting for your life. And here's the beauty of the church. Watch this. We're still in the fight. Yep. And sometimes you're fighting and you can't hold on any longer. You can't. So what do you do? 
Get up here. Russ, uh, come on. Cameron, get up here. Come on. Boys, I'm nope. in the fight. I need you in the fight nope. with me. I need you in the fight with me. That's what it looks like. That's the beauty of the church. Relax. See, sometimes you're in the fight and you fought as long as you can fight. And sometimes you need to grab a phone call and say, bro, I need you in the fight with me right now. I can't, I can't hold on any longer. I'm going to fall. I'm going to jump back in. This sin has grown so big in my life, I can't fight it myself. That's the beauty of the church. Students, wherever you go to college, whatever you do next, you better find spiritual community. You can't do this alone. You will fall. Adults, you're not past this. You better have two or three dudes in your life or two or three girlfriends in your life where you can just make that phone call. It's late at night and you're tempted. Dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall. Get in the fight with me. They can encourage you. They can pray for you. They can hold you accountable. That's the beauty of this. See, and once you resist, once you break free, you better flee. See, once you finally break free from that sin, you better not, you better not hang around. You better flee from it. And church, I've seen too many Christians playing around with little sins in their life, little temptations in their life. It'd be like a fish who just got reeled in the boat and he figured out a way to get out and jump back in the water and then he eats the same bait again. What are we doing? <laughs> Once you're free, you better flee from that sin. See, you most effectively deal with sin at the point of temptation. See, when you deal with lust, you better not play games with it. Let's just be blunt. In your teenage years, lust is a little thing you get to play with. You keep feeding that, and it grows up. Eventually, it controls you, and it's going to wreck your marriage and your family. Maybe you need to literally throw away your iPhone and get a flip phone because you can't, you can't control it. You need to flee from it. It might sound silly. You might go, what are you talking about? I had a friend who did that for three years. He could not battle lust, that, so I, had to, I had to get rid of it. It's why I don't, I'm never alone, me and another woman, other than my wife and my daughter. Is it because I can't handle it? No, it's because I'm not risking it. Too much is at stake. See, if you, if you struggle with materialism, maybe you need to cancel some magazine subscriptions that feed that. You go, man, that house is my dream house. That interior is my dream. Look at those cars. Maybe you just need, I, I, I can't even go back to that. If, you, if you've got problems with lying, just little white lies to help you avoid conflict. And now it gets bigger and bigger. Maybe you need to find that person. You can say, listen, I'm a liar. I need you in this fight with me. You got to flee. You've got to fight back. And the reality is that's great. But I'm going to be honest, that feels really exhausting. And in some ways it really is. Staying in the resistance fight is, is exhausting. But the beauty of the gospel is there's more. See, we also get to reshape. That verse we just read, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. <laughs> what happens when you draw near to God? He reshapes your desires. He transforms you from the inside out, a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. He renews our mind, Romans 12 tells us. See, the goal of this is not just to be in a sword fight with sin the rest of your life and you're always in the middle of the battle every second. The goal of this is that God wants to reshape the appetites that you have. See, what, what did it say in verse 15? It said, you are, you are drawn away by your evil desires. What God wants to do is say, listen, I want to change your desires. See, when we worship, we sung the song today, this is how I fight my battles. When we worship, we're drawing near to God. 
And God reshapes the things we desire. We become more like him. We want the things that he wants. See, the the nature of the gospel is not just work harder. It's draw nearer. Graduating seniors, if I could tell you one thing, find your rhythms to draw near to God. I'm not just saying turn the fish radio station on in the background. I'm saying truly engage the presence of God. Grab scripture and say, God, would you remind me of who you are? Would you show me how you think, what you value, what you care about? And he will reshape the things you actually desire. So if you're sitting in the midst and maybe, maybe you're feeding a sin right now and the spirit of God might just be tapping on the shoulder and going, you got to get back in the fight. You've, not, you've stopped even trying. You're not, you're not even swinging anymore. You just, as soon as, as soon as temptation shows up, you roll over and you're in. Maybe the spirit of God just says, you got to get back in the fight. Others of you, maybe you've walked with Christ for a while and you go, there's got to be more than just me trying harder to not do the thing I want to stop doing. And maybe the spirit of God says, listen, I want, if you would just draw near, if you would draw near through scripture, through prayer, through worship, through the relationship, I will actually change the desires of your heart. I'll make you more like me. We have a role. We got to fight. But it's not just try harder. It's draw nearer. So I want to pray for us. And as I do, maybe, maybe the spirit of God would just sort of shine a spotlight somewhere. Where do you have desires that are evil? Where do you have desires that you know are not what God invites us to? Where have you stopped fighting? Maybe God would just say, no, you're going back to battle on this one. You've rolled over too long. Where would you just say, God, I beg you to change my desires. I don't want to want that. Like, not just I don't want to do it. I don't even want to want it, God. Holy Spirit, would you change me from the inside out? He wants to do that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for you. Man, would you stand? Let's, we're praying over our church family. And we're going to battle with you. This is, this, is, this is Russ and this is Cameron hopping into the fight. We're hopping into the fight with you. So we're praying on your behalf. We're praying with you. And so, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. You conquered sin. You conquered the grave. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us. Thank you for Jesus. And God, thanks for your word. Thank you that you don't just leave us alone in this. But you, you give us the devil's playbook. You walk us through. So God, I pray for those right now that are dealing with full-grown sin that's owning them. They're in most likely addiction at this point, God. They're owned by it. Heavenly Father, would you get in the fight with them? Would you encourage them as they open your word? Would your promises just encourage them, God? God, I pray you give them the courage to reach out to a brother or sister in Christ and say, I'm owned. I can't keep this fight up again on my own. Would you free him in the power of the Holy Spirit? God, I also pray for those who are in temptation mode, God. The bait's in front of them. There might be people right now that are within days or weeks of blowing something up in their life. A marriage, a career, their character. God, would you awaken them to this pattern that Satan does? And God, would you encourage them to draw near to you? You're not hiding. You say draw near and I'll draw near. So God, as they pursue you, would you draw near to them? God, for us as a church, would you bring purity to your bride? Would we have such a reverence for you 
such a love for you, we'd be so near to you that we progressively want more of the things you want, less of the things the world wants. Help us to help our hearts to beat like yours do, God. So God, we love you. We're so grateful for you. There's no one like you, Jesus. In your heavenly name, amen. Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.